It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to catch up on the weekend that was. A big injury for a BYU baseball player, but he looks like he's going to recover just fine. We'll talk about that. Also, a big triumph for BYU men's golf we got to touch on as well. We'll catch up on all that. But also today talking BYU offensive line. I know. Everybody's favorite position group preview and review. We're talking about BYU's big hog mollies up front, so get ready for that. Should be a lot of fun. A reminder for you guys, when you get in your car with this podcast, plug in your smart device and tell it Play Podcast Locked on Cougars. That way you always stay up to date. We are available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Spotify, and also the brand new Himalaya Podcast app. Check it out there. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate your guys continued support of this great podcast and with that let's get going this is locked on cougars for april 22nd 2019 All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I also work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining me on a Monday edition of the show. The weather here along the Wasatch Front is supposed to be great all week, so hopefully you guys are all having a great start to your week on this Monday whenever you hear this podcast. And thanks again for your continued support and downloading the show. I mentioned we're going to talk BYU offensive line. We'll see. There's five positions to talk about in this position group review and preview. It may spill over into two segments. We may get done in one segment. Let's see what we can do. But let's start off with my first thought, and this is my overarching thought on BYU's offensive line at this point coming out of spring ball going into the summer as they prepare for the 2019 season is I feel like BYU's offensive line might be BYU's strongest asset in 2019. And you're probably saying, well, what about Zach Wilson? What about, uh, you can insert names here, defensive linemen, Kyrus Tonga, etc.? I understand that. There's arguments to be made for all of them, but on the offensive side of the ball, there is a position group or a group of positions that dictate the success or failure of every play of every, of every down of every essence. Anytime you're on the foot on the field, if this group doesn't work well more than likely you're going to struggle. And I'm talking about the BYU offensive line or offensive line as a whole, regardless of whatever position group you want to talk about. So here's here's my thought for you guys is that BYU will go as far as this offensive line can carry them. And I feel like this offensive line can carry them quite far. And I say that because they have a lot of young talent that really got a lot of good experience last year, played against some very stout defenses a year ago, are ready to battle against what they'll face this year once again. And I really do feel like uh, it's just a major asset to have what BYU has in their offensive line group. Let's start at the center position. Of course, a freshman all-American a year ago. Speaking of James Empey, uh, the former transfer from Utah, I went to American Fork High School, and I feel like Empey, having him at that center spot I've said this on the podcast previously, that BYU might go a full eight years, almost an entire decade, with two guys who have manned one position. Speaking of Tijon Kroma handing it off to James Empey. Granted, Empey, if he continues to play well, 
potentially could leave for the NFL early if he so desires. He's going to be a little bit older of a prospect having gone on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So I... I feel like the nice part is, at least at the pivot or the center position, BYU is led by a lot of experience, and Empey doesn't show any t- any signs of slowing. He stayed healthy all year last year, coming off a mission, got himself back into shape, and was really, really good. And I saw nothing that dissuaded me from believing that in spring ball. He was just that true leader out on the field, sitting in that center spot, making all the calls, go up and down that offensive line, making sure everybody knew what they were supposed to do on any given play. And you can't say much more than that. And it's nice that he's leading this offensive line but he's not alone if you go out to the right guard spot you have Tristan Hodge alongside him and I know that Hodge uh, got an injury during the spring game but every indication was it was a relatively short-term injury he should be full go by the beginning of summer term so he should be back on the field working out with his teammates and getting ready to go a former Notre Dame transfer a four-star prospect out of Highland High School in Pocatello Idaho Hodge has been a stalwart for BYU he's not the biggest guy on that offensive line he's admitted as such on this podcast in the past we've had him on done interviews with him and he says that I have to eat a lot keep up my body weight and he's never going to be the biggest or um, just massive offensive lineman but he is strong as an ox and that's his one benefit and he's able to move at his size as well so that's a good news so I feel like at the center and right guard positions you've got your interior of your offensive line has two great leaders to help out whoever ends up at the left guard position it looks like currently uh, Kiefer Longson probably is your odds on favorite to take that spot we'll see um, if Keanu Saliapaga, uh, even a Thomas Schoff, uh, you look at all these names, Chandon Herring could all take, could all put time into there. But I feel like if you really were to come down to, it, I would say that Kiefer Longson is your favorite to start at left guard in 2019, backed up by Chandon Herring, and then you probably look at a guy like Keanu Saliapaga, who's also in the mix at the right tackle position to make up what should be a very stout interior offensive line. Kiefer Longson was a four-star prospect in his own right out of California before coming to BYU. Uh, he's back off a of mission. He's been in the program for quite some time now, and I know he's been chomping at the bit to finally get his chance to really stand out. So I feel like, okay, if you, let's just say you have uh, James Empey at center, Tristan Hodge at right guard, and then Kiefer Long says you're starting three along your interior of your offensive line at left guard, center, and right guard. I really feel like you're in a good spot there. And you're probably wondering, well, okay, if you have guys like James Empey, Tristan Hodge, who are young, who have been relatively young players, Hodge and uh, Kiefer Long will be juniors this year, Empey will be a sophomore, but you're probably wondering about the depth behind them. And I don't think that's that big of a concern either because I feel like guys like Chandon Herring could step up at any of the four positions not at not named center on the offensive line and succeed just fine. Jacob Smith, another kid who's from Minnesota who has been chomping at the bit to make an imprint, could also be a guy that plays on the interior or the exterior of the offensive line. I uh, have also guys like JT Gentry who back off missions now and uh, Clark Barrington, another guy who's going to be looking to make an impression. It all just depends on who can step up and and make it the position their own. But I feel like right now the three leading candidates at right guard, center, and left guard, speaking of Tristan Hodge, James Empey, and Kiefer Longson once again, you have three guys there that I don't think you're going to be willing to give up many, if, if any, reps all year long, barring an unfortunate injury, and that's a good sign for BYU. You have guys like Caden Haas, Ethan Atangi, who are also competing for time, particularly at that center position. Atangi is a guy who's had multiple injuries despite being a walk-on and has battled through all of that, and towards the end of spring ball was actually kind of the second team center, so that's impressive to see him making his imprint. 
But I think the biggest takeaway we can I can say about this group, this offensive line, is speaking of the interior, uh, we'll take a time out here in a minute and come back and talk about the tackle positions. But along the interior of the offensive line, you have two rock-solid rock options in James Empey and Tristan Hodge, and one guy who really emerged towards the end of last year in Kiefer Longs and a left guard who should make that position his own. And if they can get those three guys to work in tandem, work together, and also if you're speaking of the guards of Hodge, Hodge and uh, Hodge and uh, now I'm forgetting his name. Also, Kiefer Longson. Excuse me. Pardon the pardon the gaff there. But if you can get those guys working with the tackles, who we'll talk about here in a minute. I'm really excited for what BYU's offensive line can do. So like I said, right, at the, right off the top, I feel like BYU's offensive line might be their biggest difference maker going into the 2019 season, and especially in, a, in space, facing up against the first four opponents that BYU has, speaking of Utah, Washington, Tennessee, and USC. There is a big opportunity there for BYU's offensive line to make a big-time imprint on this season early and often. All right, we'll take a time out here, come back on the other side. I told you it probably would spill over over into a second segment and it has I love talking offensive line so bear with me we'll talk about the tackles next one position really is solidified similar to the center and right guard positions for BYU and Brady Christensen at left tackle but the right tackle position very much in flux we'll talk about all that next right here on Locked On Cougars a reminder before we go though Locked On Podcast Network has launched the new Locked On MLB channel as part of it you can catch up with your favorite baseball team Major League Baseball season is, season is well underway but a month into it at this point. Well, you can always be caught up with your team each and every day in 15 minutes or less. All you got to do is search on your smart device, podcast, locked on, insert the name of your team here, and that way you'll always be up to date on your favorite Major League Baseball team. Or if you want to get more of the macro look, a look at just the Major League Baseball as a whole, pennant races, who's standing out in terms of just individual players, check out the Locked On MLB show. It's a great show as well. So check that all out. It's available everywhere. Podcasts are to be found just like this podcast check it out on apple podcast google play store spotify stitcher and also the brand new himalaya podcast app more in a moment this is the locked on cougars podcast Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere especially during march your eyes are on the road but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket their sudden braking puts you in a 16 car pileup that's anything but sweet And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for your continued support of the podcast. Please consider subscribing, rating, or reviewing the show. It really does help get the word out about the podcast. It's a blast to hear from people from all over the world, literally, who reach out and let me know that they're listening to this show. And I thank you guys for your continued support. The download numbers this past month have been absolutely insane. I understand part of that has to do with the coaching change for BYU basketball, but we've seen them trending up over the past few months leading up to this. And it's a big credit to all of you who have downloaded the show 
show. Give us those subscriptions, also rating and reviewing the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's a credit to you guys, and I thank you guys for your support. All right, we talked about the interior of the offensive line for BYU, something that should be very strong for BYU going into the 2019 season. And the right tackle and left tackle positions we haven't talked about should also be quite strong for the Cougars in my mind as well. Uh, Of course, I mentioned before the break that Brady Christensen at left tackle very much as a rock-solid option there. Really showed what he could do, and I've been impressed with Brady Christensen's ability to take that position and make it his own. He was kind of a surprise candidate at the spot in 2018. A lot of people wondered uh, who this kid was, where he's from. He was a late addition to BYU's recruiting class before his mission out of Bountiful High School up in Bountiful, Utah. But he has come in and he has shown the natural feat, the ability to just really lock down that left tackle position. And I feel like he is going to be a guy that's going to play in the NFL one day. Maybe not necessarily at left tackle, but he can play at the next level in my mind. That's based on only one year's experience. I understand there's still a long way to go for him, but the early return on him are excellent. Now, you're probably wondering, well, he's probably going to have some guys to push him, and he will. Uh, he's going to have guys like Clark Barrington, who's more slated to play as a tackle, backing him up more than likely in fall camp. I'm sure other guys will be looking to push him, including Chandon Herring, uh, Jacob Smith, Thomas Schof even, trying to get some time on the field. Really wants to play out his career the right way. A senior, going into his senior season, would obviously want to play as much as possible. And also even an incoming freshman in Blake Freeland will also be looking to make an impression uh, coming into the program early on. So there will be plenty of options for the coaching staff to give looks to, but I feel like Brady Christensen, just based on his experience, the way he played a year ago, I really feel like he has got all the tools to make that left tackle position his own for at least the next two years and maybe three if he decides to bypass the NFL after his third year at BYU. And Having served a mission, he could even jump to the NFL after this year. He's It's only three years out of high school, so a lot of guys who go on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, all things considered, they could be an NFL draft prospect after just one year. Obviously, if they haven't played football before, the NFL is going to look at them and say, yeah, that's not going to work, but... It is an option for him. Now, the bigger uh, concern I have in terms of uh, positions at the tackle spots for BYU is at that right tackle position. What are they going to do there? And I felt like a spring ball really kind of gave us a glimpse of what it's going to look like in fall camp as they battle out to really determine who the starter is going to be. Going into fall camp, I think Harris Lachance is going to be your number one option at right tackle, a former Harriman High School product, a great athlete, a guy who signed as a defensive lineman with Utah State before going on a mission and then came back and decided to opt to sign with BYU instead. Uh, Joins the Cougars and coming off a redshirt freshman year where he saw a little bit of action a year ago but now really is ingrained in this system, has learned uh, what it takes to be a successful offensive lineman at the Division I level and also having worked on his body. Uh, He's always been a tall, uh, lanky prospect but he's finally put on some of the requisite weight that the BYU coaches want from their offensive of linemen, and I feel like it's very much going to be a battle between uh, between Lachance and also Thomas Schoff, who I just mentioned could be a factor to push Brady Christensen at left tackle. 
any senior who plays college football, any of you that have played football, your last year playing football, you want to go out on top. You want to have the best year you possibly can have. And Thomas Schoff, to his credit, has been a loyal, um, doesn't complain, he's been a loyal soldier his entire career at BYU. Uh, he started early on in his career, saw himself get supplanted, had some injury concerns of his own. He had a club on the one hand last year after starting the opener against Arizona. Uh, ultimately saw his playing time decrease throughout the year, but he's he's been playing well. I, 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 don't, I don't think that means that he's a great player, but he's been out there and he's proven that he can play at the Division One level. And the good news is if you're a BYU fan is he's a Division One player, but there's other guys who have simply beaten him out. And I think that's a great sign for the development of BYU's offensive line because it wasn't very long ago, if you really think about it, that BYU's offensive line was considered more of a hindrance to anything they were trying to do versus a strength. It very much is going to be a strength this year. It's going to be a pretty fierce battle between Lachance and Schof and even guys like a Jacob Smith, a Chandon Herring, names we've run over before. They'll also be looking to make an impact in fall camp, but I feel like it's going to be a one-two battle just based on what I saw coming out of spring ball between Schof and Lachance. I would give the edge to Lachance because the conventional wisdom is that if you have two players who are of equal ability, well, you go with the younger player because they have longer time to develop, potentially have a higher ceiling, and that's probably the case when it comes to Lachance versus Schof. Schof a senior, Lachance coming into a redshirt freshman year after using his redshirt a year ago despite playing with that four-game uh the four game rule you can use in college football to preserve a year of eligibility. So my, uh, my money's on Harris Lachance winning this job, at least for the first game. And then we'll kind of play it by ear there. But I think my overarching takeaway once again for you guys is that BYU's offensive line goes two and three deep at multiple positions, and all these guys will be chomping at the bit to show what they can do. The good news is BYU has got some young talent. This is an offensive line that could potentially, if you look at the five guys I project to start going from left to right, Brady Christensen, Kiefer Longson, James Empey, Tristan Hodge, and then Harris Lachance, you're talking about an offensive line that has one redshirt fresh two sophomores one sophomore two juniors no two sophomores and two juniors excuse me yeah so two sophomores two juniors and a redshirt freshman that's an offensive line that could go for two straight years and not skip a beat if they're able to work together in tandem stay healthy and all the things that that entails to be able to play together but that would be awesome for BYU because I really feel like this offensive line became a strength down the stretch a year ago, and I feel like going into 2019, it's very much going to be a strength once again, and they're very much going to benefit from the abilities of this offensive line to carry them where they want to go. I, I, and there's still a lot to be proven. I, I'm not going to say right now that BYU's offensive line is going to stay healthy all year. They're going to have All-Americans, blah, 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 blah. I can't say that because there's a lot that can happen during the course of a season and even during the course of a summer much less a training camp but right now coming out of spring ball this offensive line looks deep it looks experienced they've transformed their bodies they've got the old school BYU offensive linemen we're talking six foot four 330 pound hog mollies who will just absolutely beat you up 
That's what they've got right now. Kalani Satake wanted it when he came into BYU, and he's gotten it. And I think it's going to benefit BYU. The entire rest of the offense, the quarterbacks, the running backs coming in, the wide receivers by extension, are all going to benefit from the ability of this offensive line to lead the way for BYU. Jeff Grimes talks about all the time he wants his offensive line to be the tip of the spear. And very much, I think the, the tip of this spear coming into the 2019 season is very, very sharp and should be able to get BYU where they want to go barring anything unforeseen injuries and the like so there you go my breakdown of the BYU offensive line thanks again for bearing with me I know that offensive line can be a little boring at times but I really feel like this offensive line group could do some special things this year if they can stay healthy and get in sync all right we'll come back on the other side catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports I mentioned in the open a scary injury for Noah Hill BYU catcher on the baseball team a big win for Peter Quest and the BYU men's golf team a lot to run down for you catch up on the weekend that was in BYU sports. We'll do that next, but a reminder for you guys, if you are looking for a new podcatcher, check out this podcast, the Locked On Cougars podcast and the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network on the Himalaya Podcast app. It's a fantastic new app. Always have new technology going into it, new features, etc. And they've got a lot of money behind it as well. They're not a fly-by-night organization. So if you are looking for a new podcatcher, check us out. And when you get in your car, tell your, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked on Cougars, and it can use that Himalaya Podcatcher app if you want it to to play this podcast. It's a fantastic way to always stay up to date with the latest BYU news, and want you guys to check it out once again. The Locked On Cougars podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app, big time partner with the Locked On Podcast Network. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Locked on Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all having a great start to your week whenever you hear this. A lot to catch up on in terms of the BYU sports teams that were in action over the weekend. We'll start off with men's golf. Peter Quest shot under 70 in all three rounds to win the individual title and lead BYU men's golf to a first place trophy, the Ping Cougar Classic, Saturday at Riverside Country Club. Awesome to see BYU step up and win this. They were trailing, but they combined for 13 birdies as a team. Speaking of BYU on the final six holes to pull away and win the tournament at 24 under par for the weekend, beating runner Boise State by five strokes. Quest shot a 69 three under in the final round, uh, which actually it was his worst round of the week. He's total score of 199. He won the tournament individually by eight strokes. It's his fifth first place finish this year. He recorded rounds of 64 minus eight and 66 minus six on Friday. So awesome to see that for BYU men's golf. This should help them kind of vault back into 
into the national rankings. They have the WCC championship, excuse me, WCC championships coming up this weekend, and they're on a roll heading into that. So hopefully they can carry that forward as they go face off against their conference foes later on this week. But congratulations once again to BYU men's golf. Uh, women's golf was going for their fourth straight title at the West Coast Conference Championships over the weekend in Spokane, Washington. Looked like BYU was going to do it. They combined for 287, two off the WCC record, tied Saturday by Pepperdine's 285, which gave Pepperdine the WCC crowd, finishing a combined three strokes ahead of BYU to hold off the defending champions. So a tough loss for BYU to come up just a little bit short, but congratulations once again to Kerry Roberts and her team on the solid finish. Uh, we'll see what happens postseason-wise for them. It should be interesting to see if individually if anybody gets invited or if BYU as a team gets invited to the national championships. We'll update you on that as we hear more about it. But narrow loss for BYU women's golf of finishing off their regular season strong. On to women's tennis, uh, they snapped a losing streak at Pacific on Friday with a 4-3 win, but then went to St. Mary's on Saturday and lost 4-1. They're also going to be in the WCC tournament this coming weekend in Claremont, California, the Byzance Tennis Center. So stay tuned for that. It's this Thursday through Saturday, both men's and women's tennis in actions. Men's tennis had the weekend off. They played a pretty heavy schedule and they took the weekend off. Um, some good news on the track and field side of things is that 32 B. BYU athletes and the men's women, men's and women's track and field teams earned NCAA regional qualifying marks, meaning they will be able to extend their season to the postseason to make those regionals. Congratulations to men's and women's te- uh, not tennis, track and field. The men's team ranked number four in the country has been lights out all year long. The women's track team has been moving up in the national rankings pretty steadily, now checking in at number 19. So congratulations to all 32 athletes. I'm not going to run down all the names for you because it would take forever, a lot longer than we have have on today's podcast, but you can go to BYUcougars.com and get a rundown of how every, everybody performed for the track and field teams. Also, congratulations to track and field's head athletic trainer, Dustin Williams. He's been named the USA track and field head athletic trainer for the 2019 IAAF World Relays. So best of luck to him this coming summer as he gets ready to help out the Team USA as they go to the national championships, national and world championships. Should be interesting to see how they do. They're going to Yokohama. Hama, Japan for that on May 11th and 12th and all throughout the summer. So best of luck to men's and women's track and field and especially Dustin Williams. One final note for you guys before we go is that men's baseball had a good weekend. Uh, Justin Sterner helped BYU take the series with a 4-0 shutout victory over Washington on Saturday. Had a great showing. Had a career high seven strikeouts in seven and one-third innings. I mentioned the tough injury that BYU suffered. Noah Hill was actually hit inadvertently in the throat or the neck by a pitch on Friday, taken uh, to the hospital for observation over the ni- overnight, but was cleared and returned home with BYU. Scary situation, but glad that he's okay. All things indicate that he'll be able to return at some point this year, you would hope, but we'll keep you updated on that. But a good showing for BYU to win at uh, Washington two times to really help out their RPI. They're back into West Coast Conference play this weekend at Pacific starting Thursday at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. 
All three of the games this coming weekend will be on the W.TV. So there you go. Rundown of everything that happened in BYU sports this weekend. Best of luck to all the teams this week. Softball gets back into action this week. Men's and women's track and field host their home invite at the Robinson Invitational this weekend. So we'll track all that for you as the week progresses. But best of luck to all the teams this week. And congratulations on the results from over the week. It was a great weekend if you're a BYU sports fan. All right, that's today's podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Hope you guys all have a great Monday whenever you hear this. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. I say that a lot, but I really do appreciate your guys' continued support of the podcast. Also, you can reach out to the show and let me know how I'm doing. Any questions, concerns, or comments you have, you can get at us. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LockedOnCougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. And if you want to email us, drop us a note at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And if you're an advertiser as well, hit us up. We've got thousands of downloads. We can help promote your brand. If you want to check that out, please email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Love to give you more about the information of how we can help represent your brand or service right here on this daily podcast, all covering BYU. Thanks again for joining me. We'll catch you tomorrow. Getting you ready for the NFL draft coming up later this week. Is Sione Takitaki the only lock for BYU to make it? in terms of draft picks in the NFL, probably, but we'll talk about some of the other prospects this week as well as we get ready for the draft kicking off on Thursday. Catch you tomorrow. Thanks again for joining us. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 22nd, 2019. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.